Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. Guys, you're in for a very exciting episode this week. We have Shani Silver, who hosts her own podcast called A Single Serving Podcast. She also makes great videos about changing the narrative to being single, and she is an author who has her own book about being comfortable with being single. I will make sure that you have the link to her book in the description of this episode so you can go ahead and check it out after you finish listening. But this is a really awesome episode. Shani and I talked a lot about being single and single empowerment and just discussing the challenges that both of us have had with people shaming us for being single and what we are doing to change that narrative and to empower others to let us know that being single is not a bad thing. It's actually an awesome thing that we should celebrate and embrace. And I really hope for those who are listening who have been very unhappy about their single status or maybe they're recently single and they don't know how to transition into single life, I definitely think this is going to be a great episode for you or or if you're just single and you're happy being single, I definitely think there are still many things that you can still take away from this episode because Shani and I talked a lot and I mean a lot just about our stories and our opinions regarding dating and people who want to have a negative perception about being single and how we've handled different outcomes and situations while being single and how we just navigate the chaos that people like to throw at us when they question our happiness for being single. It's very interesting, but I mean, this is exactly why I have made YouTube videos about this topic. And I just feel like Shani makes me feel so seen and heard. And she does a much better job than me when it comes to just changing the narrative about being single and debunking so many lies about being single and she basically is doing what I tried to do years ago and now I've obviously limited my more of my dating content but I think you guys are gonna really like this episode especially if you came from my YouTube channel where you used to watch a lot of my single girl dating videos I still make them but just not as often as I used to. So this is a really great episode. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the interview. Hi, Shaney. Welcome to Shamelessly Unapologetic. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, absolutely. So guys, y'all are in for a real treat. Janie makes really awesome TikTok videos about embracing your single status. And as from one single girl to another, I have never felt so seen and heard by your videos. So Janie, why don't we give you the floor and give yourself a chance to share a little bit more about you and what you do? Sure. So I do a lot of things. I'm an author and a podcaster, and suddenly I find myself a TikToker as well. Um, But essentially, all of my work centers around changing the narratives around singlehood, specifically the ways that singlehood treats single women and the ways that the world looks upon and treats single women. I think we have a lot of work to do in terms of in terms of the ways that the world respects singles, 
right now I don't think it does very well at all. And, Agreed. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of there's a lot of praise and a lot of approval that just sort of naturally occurs for couples and for people who partner and for those of us that don't or can't despite years, if not decades of trying. I just see a lot of unfairness there. We want this thing that the world wants to praise us for and we can't find it. And that doesn't mean that we should hate our lives every day or sit in misery every day or sit in lacking or longing or wanting or searching every day. That's not a life that I want. And that's not a life that I want for singles. So hopefully I'm showing us that there are far more options for living fully, for living with validity. And hopefully the ways that we treat ourselves with respect will reflect back into the world the ways that we deserve to be respected too. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So when I started my YouTube channel a few years ago, originally I had started beauty and then that was just way too saturated, but I thought I had to dig deeper, right? And I thought, okay, well, I've been single for a really long time and I knew that I wanted to make other videos about like how to navigate the single world, embrace it, own it, not feel bad about it. And originally it was for single women. But then when I also started making San Francisco content, because my my niche originally was navigating life and dating in San Francisco. And then I moved to Portland, Oregon. And I had to obviously change that once I moved to Portland. But besides the point, when I added the city element into it, I gained more male viewers. So then I had to kind of, you know, be a little bit more inclusive to everyone because obviously women aren't just the only single people out here in the world. And so, yeah, that is exactly like why I wanted to have you on just because I feel like you and I have a very similar platform when it comes to talking about singlehood and just trying to change that narrative that like, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being single. It's not some sort of insult. It's not like there's anything wrong with you. And I just want to help make people like unapologetically own it and feel better about themselves. And so that is why I'm so excited to have a conversation because I feel like you and I could probably go on and on and on about all the bullshit that we've had to deal with while being single. And we can talk about dating and all of that. But before we get into like our main questions today, I ask this question to every single guest that comes onto the show. But what are you mostly unapologetic about? Oh, my goodness. Um, That's an excellent question. I mean, (laughs) I don't think there's anything that we need to apologize for. I think there's a – it's a terrible crime that we've raised people, particularly women, to move through life as if their existence is an imposition upon the world. Um, You know, my – my existence, my authenticity isn't something that I apologize for. I do what oh, I yes. do when I say what I say. You know, I have a right to exist. So does everyone else. And um, there has not been a lot of encouragement for that, for just being authentic, authentically who you are um, in my experience, but I know in a lot of other people's experience too. So yeah, I just, I think I'm unapologetic about my authenticity. I wasn't always. It took a long, long time to get here. But now that I'm here, I just see endless benefit to being who I am and not not shrinking, not being afraid to uh, contribute to the world in the ways that make sense to me. Yeah. And I can completely resonate with that. Authenticity is so important, especially with like us as women. When we are very opinionated and we are unapologetically ourselves and we speak our minds, we as women get ridiculed. We get shamed. We get called rude and bitchy. I cannot tell you how many times people misinterpret my words 
or I get tone police just for having an opinion. People don't think I'm nice. And it's like, no, I promise I'm very nice. It's just that the thing is like when you've been bullied for 18 years of your life, it gets to you and then you finally are able to come out of your shell and realize, oh my God, I can finally stand up for myself. And people are fucking scared and they don't know how to handle it. And I think women get a lot of shit for it. So I can completely relate to you 100% on that. Yeah. So I have a question for you now. How long have you been single for? I've been single for 14 years. And for 10 of those years, I was very very upset about that fact. And I was trying very hard to not be single anymore. And I was stuck in an endless, endless, just hamster wheel of hell, um, searching for someone and never finding anyone. It was, it was akin to madness, really. It was, it was a very bad experience. And then slowly, I think exhaustion gave way to challenging why I felt so bad, why I was participating in a dating culture that was making me so unhappy. And the more I dug into it, the more I found, you know, what is so bad about being single? What am I trying so desperately to run from? And as it turns out, there's not much that's bad about singlehood and certainly nothing that I feel like I need to run from. So 14 years, I would say 10 of those were miserable. Four of them have been incredibly happy and uh, we'll see where we go from here. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Again, completely relate. So I've been single for 10 and a half years. It'll technically be my 11th anniversary in July. So my ex and I, we broke up July of 2011. I was 19 years old. So super, super young. My only relationship, which sucks because I never got to have a real relationship in my 20s. And I think for the longest time that kind of bothered me. I mean, obviously, like I would date men and none of them would commit. And Part of things were like on me, like I, when I was really young, I feel like, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you still don't really like have a lot of self-awareness about certain things. And I didn't realize if a man tells you he doesn't want to be in a relationship, please believe him. But I chose to ignore that. And you know what? That's on me. And I used to blame the guy for that. And it doesn't make someone a bad person just because they don't want a relationship. I do think continuing to lead somebody on is shitty even after you've expressed your intentions and you still continue to see them and not choose to end it, that's kind of where I'll lose respect for you there. But at the same time, part of it does fall on me because I chose to think that I was going to change his mind. And now obviously that's something that I don't put up with. But, you know, after my ex and I broke up, obviously like I wasn't happy. I used to kind of have a lot of pick me energy when I was little. And I basically just felt like I needed a man, right? Which is so sad. Clearly I don't have that mindset anymore. I mean, I'm 30 now, so so much has changed over time. And basically, I just knew that I think for me being single was that like I felt lonely because my ex at the time definitely made me feel some kind of way in a positive way. And me realizing like, oh, it's over. I don't have him anymore. So I want to say once I moved to San Francisco is where I finally started to become more comfortable. And I think another reason as to what initially triggered me not appreciating being single. And I'm wondering if you've experienced this because I'm, I'm not sure where you live, but I grew up in the South. Like I'm born and raised in Virginia. I'm, I'm actually sitting in my parents' home right now. <laughs> I'm here for a few weeks. But besides that, I feel like a lot of people meet their partner really early, especially when you live in the South or they meet their partner in college. And I didn't do that. And I kind of felt like I was a late bloomer. But when I moved to San Francisco, it is a singles 
world out there. Like there were tons of single men, tons of single women. I just felt like I was able to become more comfortable once I got out of the South and was able to kind of be around other people. And now because I've lived in two big cities where lots of people are single, now when it's like when I come back to Virginia, I'm a little bit more comfortable about like just being able to do things alone by myself and not feel judged. But a long time ago, I couldn't be like that. So I'm curious to know if um, like location had any effect on you at all as well. No, I don't think location has any effect. And I know I'm from the South as well. I was born and raised in Texas and I live in New Orleans now, but I've lived all over the country. I've lived in um, Fort Worth, Austin, Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and New Orleans. Oh, and wow. You, you really have lived all over the place. <laughs> yeah. There's no – there are no best cities for singles. There aren't – it's all bullshit. It's all nonsense. There's no right place to be or wrong place to be. And and while, yes, it can feel like there is pressure to partner um, younger in the South, it, that's, it's not something that's exclusive to the South. There are countless cultures who um, sort of – raise us to to marry on the early side or and there's some that that you know early varies there's no there's no right number there's no one universal number that i mean it just doesn't it's endlessly variable so there's no there's no right or wrong way to do it yeah um, but no I've, I've dated all over the country i've dated from you know my early 20s and now i'll be 40 at the end of june like i've done it and it doesn't matter it genuinely does not matter where you live what you do what apps you there's no rhyme or reason to something as unpredictable and fate-driven, chance-driven as love. There really yeah. isn't a formula there. So I don't I don't like to limit people by saying like, if you live in this part of the country, you'll never fall in love. That's nonsense. We see people in every part of the world fall in love all the time. We're not asking for anything insane. Um, we're asking for something really normal. So um, yeah. yeah, I just, no, I in a, in a nutshell, no, I don't think that location matters unless you are living in a very remote part of the world, like if you are a researcher in Antarctica, you're you're you're, you're limited to what you got there. Like yeah. just, you know what I mean. But yeah. like for the most part, no. The um, no, I think love is possible everywhere at any time at any stage of your life. Yeah, and I really appreciate you saying that because for the longest time I did have that mindset, thinking that location mattered. Because guess what? When I did move to San Francisco, yeah, I will say I. I was more comfortable being single there. I do think like just being around more people that I could relate to helped. But guess what? I still didn't find a partner there. I am living in Oregon now. I still am not partnered. And I've come to realize dating kind of sucks no matter where you go, right? (laughs) But obviously, like you said, you can still find love anywhere you go in the world. And I kind of do agree with you. I do think that fate and luck plays a huge role into that. And just because we haven't had that experience yet doesn't mean that we're unlucky or that we're doing something wrong. I totally believe in like the universe doing its own thing. And I mean, one thing like I will say, like between want and need, I don't need a man to make me happy. I don't need a man to completely to complete me as a person. It it just it blows my mind how there's also just so much misogyny out there that I get from men saying like, oh, well, you're single and unhappy. I'm like, actually, I'm not unhappy. I'm not lonely. Like I have friends. I have family. I'm not alone. And if don't threaten me with a good time saying that I'm going to die with a bunch of cats. I would fucking love that. As would I. Yeah, there's – I mean uh... – yeah, don't if I, if I could give you any advice, it's just like whatever people are telling you, 
that's more they're saying more about them than they ever are about exactly. you. Exactly. It's all it's, projection. Yeah, it really is. And there's no like the difference between need and want. I think has sat better, and this is a huge generalization and super heterosexual. But I think the the difference between need and want has sat better with women than it has with men, um, because we've recognized that we don't need a man, but we have also recognized the value in wanting one. Because wanting one is extremely valid, and it's exciting, yeah. and it's delicious, and you know, I look forward to that. I look forward to having that thing that I want, but it's not a need, and that that absence of need is no it's no mark against men at all. It's just a different perspective to enter into a relationship with, and it's a healthier one, by the way. So, um, you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen a good response from from men in this in this sort of shift from need to want, um, and and I I would invite them to e- explore that for themselves. Like, I know, do they need a partner or do they want one? And truly, the only relationships I want are ones that are balanced, and for me, that will involve two people that make a conscious choice to be together all the time because they want each other rather than need. And I think that just changes sort of your behavior entering into the partnership and how you behave within it. I've just seen a a really positive response from women who have moved from need to want. And I have not seen, I've not seen that in men. I've seen that being a a very threatening thing to the straight men that I've encountered. (laughs) I know. And I hope one day they can find the peace that they need to be able to accept it. I think like I said, there's a lot of projection and I think they're the ones who are more afraid of being alone. And I I have two good guy friends of mine who really struggle with being single. I have one, one of my really good friends from the Bay Area. He will jump into relationship, into relationship. And I tell him all the time, listen, it is okay to be single. I think he doesn't understand how I've done it for so long. And I know that he's a very sensitive person and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I do love that he is one of those guys who's able to like, you know, be in touch with his emotion. You know, I've had conversations with him where he's cried to me over women that he's broken up with. And I think it's so healthy that he's able to like come talk to me as a woman and like express that. And he's, he goes to therapy, which is great, but He's been so dependent on wanting to get into a relationship. And I've called him out so many times and he goes, you're right, you're right, you're right. But he doesn't listen to me because he just still like loves that idea. Like as you said, like being in a relationship like or that want of being in a relationship, it's delicious. And I think that's very delicious for him. And so he's always like one of the first people to like talk to me about his relationship problems and what he wants to do. And I just wish that he could take breaks from dating and being able to work on mental health because there's nothing wrong with dating and not wanting something serious. That's totally valid. But I definitely believe that you should be in a good headspace to date regardless of what kind of situation you want because it's not going to be fair to the other person regardless of the situation. Like even if you don't want something exclusive, at least still be in a good headspace because even if you are in a casual relationship, communication is still very important You need to talk about whether or not you're going to be sleeping with other people so nobody gets infected with any STIs. Like there's so many things that you have to like discuss and there has to still be a certain level of respect. So I always say date when you're in a good headspace because I obviously think that the whole, oh, you need to love yourself first thing is bullshit. No, I believe in date when you're in a good headspace. Just because like you don't love yourself doesn't mean you don't deserve 
love. And I can guarantee you plenty of people that I know that have gotten into relationships, I can guarantee you they don't love themselves. So I just like call that bullshit out when I see it. For sure. Yeah. What would you say has been – because you make a lot of TikTok videos about like things that single people aren't doing anymore. What would you say has been one of your favorite ones that you've made? Oh, I think my favorite one is that we're not trying anymore because I have a deep, deep desire for dating culture to absolutely burn to the ground so that we may rebuild it in a more positive light. Didn't Um, you just make that one too? It's kind of recent, I think. I'm not. I mean, I've only been doing TikTok since January, so okay. um, it's all pretty recent. But um, I'm just, I'm tired of the, I am tired of the struggle bus that is dating. Oh, it's you terrible. and me both. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not just you and me. It's everyone. It's literally yeah, fucking everyone. And when right. everyone hates something, that should tell us that it should stop reevaluate itself and and change. And it's just not going to. Like dating has become a business and people are making money off of it. So no, it's not going to change. It's now got to be up to us whether or not we participate. So I hope that singles who are having a tough time in the single and dating space simply stop. Simply stop dating and acknowledge that dating is not a prerequisite for partnership. If something is making you miserable, if it's difficult for you, don't do it. And that's not right. lowering your chances that's allowing yourself to live your life unburdened. Yeah. And I'm very, very sorry for what dating has become, but it has yeah. become that. We've built a culture of consequenceless, shitty manners. And so, yeah, that's what's going to happen there. And it's a bummer, but I've chosen not to participate. And since I, since I made that choice, my life has gotten exponentially better, more productive, more financially abundant, more free, more beautiful. Um, so I would like other people to give that chance a try too and not be so scared that that means they're going to be single forever because that's not yeah. what it means. Yeah. I agree. I have a question. When did you um decide that you wanted to like stop dating or take a – like is it – when you say stop dating, are you saying like permanently or is it like a break? I'm just kind of curious to know what you mean by stop dating. Um, I just don't put any overt effort into finding a partner. I don't search for one anymore and I haven't in about four years. I have no okay. desire to get back on any sort of dating app ever. I never – I'm never going to be overtly pursuing romantic partnership through any avenue because I don't think I have to. Also, yeah. I did it for 10 years and didn't have one relationship result from that effort. So I know that that path just isn't for me. But yeah, I don't think anybody has to really draw a line in the sand for themselves. I think you can just live your life and see what happens. Like I don't think – I don't think we have to overpressurize romantic yeah. life. I don't think we have to choose. I'm dating right now. I'm not dating right now. I'm taking a break. I'm not taking a break. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Just fucking live. And I don't <laughs> think enough people just fucking live when it comes to being single and dating or not. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to set anything in stone. You are allowed to just wake up every day and live your life and connect with your future partners because that's literally all that ever happened from the dawn of time. Like. These apps aren't like some new, like amazing advanced technology. There were always going to be the same people on earth with an app or without. Yeah. So just live, I guess, is my best advice. Yeah. No, I love that. And I actually deleted my apps back in December because for the longest time, that was how I was relying on ways to meet people, especially in San Francisco. And I just realized dating apps were really making me miserable. They were taking a toll on my mental health. I was getting frustrated with the quality of people on there. People just not filling out profiles properly. I just felt like nobody – okay, I don't want to say normal, but I just felt like people weren't marketing themselves properly. I think that's a better way of putting it because when you do put yourself on a dating profile, you are marketing yourselves 
as to why, like, why should people date you or why should somebody like want to hook up with you, whatever, whatever their intentions are. Right. And I just see the same stupid cliche prompt answers that you get on hinge. Like, I don't give a shit about whether pineapple belong on pizza or not. I don't care about dogs. I don't care that you're ordering tequila shots for the table. It's the same goddamn responses. And people aren't making themselves unique. I just feel like their profiles don't say anything about themselves. People don't read profiles in general, especially men. I cannot tell you how many times men don't read my profiles. And one thing I had to start doing in 2020 was I had to start asking men up front, like, hey, what are your intentions of um, being on this app? Please be honest. It's all I ask for. And men took the question pretty well. I mean, I would I would say I'm lucky enough that I've been on dates with guys who were nice and respectful and not horrible. It's weird to say, like, I don't really have horrible dating stories. And I feel like I'm kind of privileged because I know so many people do not have that kind of experience that I've had. But I will say at the same time, none of those ever turned into a serious romantic relationship. But it was such a game changer for me when I started asking, I do want a serious relationship. And if you're not looking for something serious, no big deal. But I can't agree to go on a date with you just because we're not looking for the same things. And I don't want to waste your time and I don't want you to waste my time. And I always have to stress that in my YouTube videos, everyone, like, please ask people what your intentions are or what their intentions are, because it is going to save you so much heartache in the long run. And so like when I get back to Oregon after my sister graduates from law school, but um, I want to challenge myself to just not use dating apps and just to like live, like you said, go on the real world and just maybe just meet people organically. And if like my partner just shows up while I'm out living my life, that is just so much better. It just feels like more of a genuine connection. And I've always noticed like I've always preferred meeting people in the real world as opposed to online because it just feels like a more genuine, stronger connection. And you don't have to have dating horror stories to have had a terrible time in the dating space because even if you just had really benign ones, that still hasn't been what you were dating for. Like how many mediocre, feelingsless, blah first dates can you possibly go on over the course of an adulthood and still retain your sanity? Yeah. Like it's just – I call it the bucket of nothing. Just like what are we even doing? (laughs) Just like swiping into oblivion, just meeting people you have no business meeting, but you were like, you never know. So you end up going on like hundreds of dates with just people that are not for you and don't have to be for you either. You don't have to have the horror stories to have had a unpleasurable experience in the dating space and your experience is still really valid and you're allowed to use that as – information about whether or not you continue to participate because it is very, very hard to go on fruitless dates or to spend fruitless hours, days and weeks on dating apps for nothing. That that hurts too. It is. It's really hurtful, especially when people say like you're doing something wrong or the way that you're approaching how you date. It's very hurtful. I remember When I was in San Francisco, I was very curious to check out a matchmaker. And I remember you recently made a video about matchmakers and I commented on it because I was just like, oh, my God, like I I need to tell her about this experience. And I'll tell you in more detail because you can only put so much in the comment box on TikTok. But I was just really curious to see what uh, I think it was called three day rule. And for um, women, I know you can get an option to like just put yourself in the database for free and they can just message you guys since I mean, I, I date men on who could potentially be a good fit for you. And so they actually did message me some people, but at the time I wasn't completely open to dating men that much older than me. Now, 
my mindset's changed. I'm much more open about it. But at the time, I wasn't. And I also didn't find the people attractive. And they would push and be like, oh, we'll give them a chance. I'm like, I don't want to give them a chance. I don't really find them attractive. Physical attraction is still really important. It's like people say, well, stop caring about looks. And it's like, okay, I agree. Looks aren't everything. A good personality matters. But I want both. I'm deserving of both. It's not one way or the other. And people are realizing like you're settling when you choose one or the other. You deserve to have somebody that you're attracted to because it's also not fair to that person if you don't find them physically attractive. People are forgetting like that other person has feelings too. Yes. I mean, people forget a lot of things when it comes to matchmakers. You're assuming that you're paying for access to people that you wouldn't have access to before, but matchmakers actually have access to a much smaller portion of the population than we realize. Yeah. When we're just living our lives, we have access to anyone and they only have access to people that are in their database. And you also have to remember, they only have access to people that would even bother to join a matchmaker's database. It is a very limited number of people. And, um, Again, it's a business. It's still a business. And they're sending you pictures of people because they're like, who cares? Maybe it'll stick. Like, it's not, I really, really don't approve of like modern secular matchmaking services that are like, we're we're not in the shtetl anymore. This is not Yenta. It is not super cute the way it used to be. I know. If it ever was. I just can't the way way these things are, are a business. And if someone is sending you someone, and encouraging you to just give them a chance, give them a chance. They need you to give them a chance more than you do. And that's something that gets hidden behind the shame of singlehood very often. Yeah. And matchmakers are also stupidly expensive. And I'm not going to pay money to find my partner. Like I never paid money to use the dating, like extra dating app features. You know, I stuck with the free version because again, love does not need to cost money except for like when you go on maybe a special date in itself. But like other than that, like feelings aren't money. Me trying to find a relationship, I don't need to pay money for that. It's just, it's stupid and it's a waste of time. And like no disrespect or hate to those who do want to use a matchmaker, you know, you do you, but I have realized like that's, not what's going to work for me. And I'm not going to let a matchmaker tell me, well, maybe your approach to dating is all wrong. And it's not wrong. Like I know how to behave and act on dates. I don't treat people like shit on dates. I feel like I'm able to make myself very lively on dates. And I've never had a guy tell me that I made a bad impression. I mean, no one's ever told me that. Maybe they're th- maybe they've thought that, but you know, I've never had a guy just tell me like Alana, you suck, and that's why I didn't want to date you. I've always gotten like it's not you, it really is me. I'm truly just not ready to be in a relationship, and I I just I don't take it personally. I learned over time to not take it personally, and that's called growth because 22 year old Alana would have taken it personally. Also, when you pay a matchmaker, you're not paying for a partner. You're paying for a chance to find a partner. You're still yeah. gambling and you don't get that money back. That's something you don't. Else that, that's a whole other whole other bag of cats. But um, love is free. Just wanted to remind everyone that love, love is free. Love is free. So I know I just asked you the question, one of your favorite things about like what single people aren't doing anymore. I have a new one for you that you may totally, totally appreciate. So last weekend, my best friend got married and – um, one thing I noticed is that she didn't do a bouquet toss and her groom didn't do a garter toss. 
And I thought to myself, oh my God, I absolutely love that she didn't do it. But I was curious to know if she purposely didn't do it or if they didn't have the time. Because I hoped that it purposely wasn't done because if you think about it, like it is a really awful way to call out all the single people onto the floor to fight over some bouquet, whether or not that's their sign saying, you're going to be the next person to get married or to get into a relationship. I'm pretty sure it's actually more related to marriage, but it's just embarrassing to fight over a bouquet of flowers, in my opinion. And don't get me wrong, I've been guilty. I've I've participated in it before, but it's like one thing I'm not doing now is participating in bouquet tosses or garter tosses as, as a single person. You do not need to have your single status be called out because you're single and that you need to try to find out whether or not you're going to be the next person who's going to get married. It's just, it's childish. And so my friend told me, I purposely didn't do this because I didn't want to call it the single people, A, or B, I didn't want to toss my bouquet. I love my bouquet. I want to keep it. C, also, I didn't even wear a garter and garter tosses are disgusting. I mean, if I'm dancing, my legs all sweaty, like that's disgusting that men want that, like, ew. And she said she didn't want to spend an extra amount of money on another bouquet just to toss it and she just said I don't even like it either and I'm like this is why you're my best friend and I love you I have a video on this I think it's do you really yeah I have a tiktok on this it's a terrible pageant making all the single women like identify themselves and then fight over a chance to to catch a man or something it's so disgusting and antiquated and it was disgusting even when it wasn't antiquated um it's just terrible. And no one has to participate. No one ever has to participate. And what sucks is that not everyone knows this. So when they see a single woman at a wedding who's not participating, they shame her, if not outright drag her to the dance floor to fight over this fucking bouquet. Um, it's gross. But the more people like your best friend and the more people who are attending weddings and saying, no, I don't do this, this doesn't make me feel good about myself, um, the sooner that tradition ends. Yeah, and I agree. And I literally just made a video this past week on like how I survive being single at a wedding because sometimes weddings can still make single people feel some kind of way. And I made this whole video to just empower single people. Like, listen, weddings can still be really fun. Listen, I love attending weddings when I'm single. There is so much you can do. One thing that I did tell people that I did give tough love, especially if you're an introvert, I'm not an introvert, I'm an extrovert. So it might have sounded a little bit privileged for me to say this, but I said, hey, introverts, Love y'all, but you kind of got to get over yourself. You got to talk to people at weddings. I know small talk may nauseate you, but if you don't talk to people or have conversations, you're going to have a bad time if you just sit in the corner and not talk to anybody. So I really had to push the narrative of like, talk to people, talk to the people at your table, get to know them, dance with your single friends. Like I just, I feel like when you go to a wedding, you at least know more than one person. When I say more than one person, other than the person who like one of the people who who's in the couple that's getting married. I've never attended a wedding where I didn't at least have one friend that I knew. You can talk to your friends. Even if they're in the wedding, there's still time for you to hang out with them and dance with them. When a slow song came on, one tip that I said is if you have a single friend that's with you, dance with your single friend and get in the slow dance position and dance with them. I cannot tell you how many times I've done that. I also stole my best friend's sister during a slow song. And she actually was there with her partner, but she chose to dance with me. And I really appreciated that. Or you can grab a kid to dance with because kids love to dance with adults at weddings. Like, oh, my God, I danced with this adorable little girl last weekend. And I just 
think that there's so many things that single people can do to enjoy weddings. And I just want people to know just because you're at a wedding doesn't mean you need to feel bad about being single because that day is also not about you. It's about them. And you should be happy for your friend that's getting married. Because like if you're in a place where you're unhappy being single, then maybe don't go to the wedding. Yeah, I would say don't go. You don't have to. If you are tired of going to weddings, if you've been to a thousand, if you're over it, you never have to attend a wedding. Um, and if it's that upsetting to the the person whose wedding you're not attending, um, that's that's not the most awesome friend. If you tell them sincerely, I can't do this anymore. I'm not in an emotional place where I can handle another wedding right now. Um, and they respond negatively. That's, that's not the best friend ever. Right. Um, because weddings can get exhausting and it really isn't about you. But the ways that we've socialized single people in society um, – they can sting. Weddings can Absolutely. really, really sting. So, I mean, you're allowed to take care of yourself. Not everything is about the bride and groom. Like, we have over-exalted weddings. We have over-exalted marriage and couplehood. And, like, how fucking much can we celebrate two people, honestly? Like, congratulations to them and to their families, but you do not have to hurt yourself to celebrate someone else. Yeah. And for those who are listening, I definitely don't want anyone to think that we're being bitter here, by the way. It's just that like our feelings are valid because being single, it can even like when we say that we're really happy and we do mean that. But there are times where being single can get to us. Like I made a video last year celebrating my ten my 10th anniversary being single. And I've always talked about like how I embrace it. But, you know, I got to be realistic. Sometimes it does sting. Sometimes it can get to you. And like I chose to be vulnerable and honest. And I had a couple of men who obviously misinterpreted the video and wanted to be misogynistic. But I got more comments supporting my opinions and validating how I feel. So like from time to time, yes, like being single stings, even if I go to a wedding. But I know that I am at least in a good headspace to attend weddings, especially if it's like my best friend. Like, I mean, I was looking forward to her wedding for two years. She got engaged during the pandemic. And so she had to wait until this year to get married. So I was so excited for her. And I know her partner and he's a really great man. And so obviously, like, I wanted nothing but the best for her. And I had a great time. So, you know, I guess it just really depends also on the person and how close you are with that person too. But I knew like, I'm not going to say I can't attend your wedding because I'm over it. I know my friend probably would have been hurt by that. But you know, I think it also depends. We all have different like levels of friends, right? We have your best friends, your acquaintances or like good friends that still invite you to those weddings. I've had to say no to one wedding before and it sucked, but I just generally like wasn't able to go and I wasn't in the right headspace to attend at that time. And I felt, did I feel bad? Yes, I did. But I knew like I had to take care of myself at the same time. So I just like don't want people to think that we're being bitter about this because we're not bitter. We know what our worth is and we know when something is going to benefit us in the long run. And we're just talking about our feelings and just how things make us feel. But please know like we're okay. We're happy. We do love ourselves and we do love being single. Don't you hate it when people say like, oh, you're bitter. No, I don't give a shit. Say whatever you want about me. Think whatever you want about me. It doesn't really impact what I think of myself. Like there's no to, – to associate bitterness, to associate anything negative with two people discussing singlehood in a positive light says more about the person that's, that's leaving that rude comment or, or thinking that derogatory thought than it can ever say about us. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I know for me, those comments did used to get to me, but at the same time, you know what? You are right, and you you make a valid point. It truly does say more about them, and they just 
you know, it's on them if they want to misinterpret our words. And it goes back to like people will misinterpret our speech and like our words and think it means something else when really that's not what we mean at all. So one thing I wanted to know, we've talked a little bit about like some of the worst things we've experienced with being single, but what would you say has been your favorite part about being single? Oh, the freedom for sure. The absolute freedom to... Um, create your living space the way you want it to be, to do the things you want to do without factoring in anyone else's opinions or preferences or managing anyone else's mood or or compromising in any way, really. And, and compromise can be a beautiful thing, and it's certainly a productive part of relationships that I look forward to one day. But um, in the meantime, I don't have to do that. It's just not something that is required of me. So appreciating my freedom and, um, you know, people call it selfish when someone else is around. But when no one else is around, it's not selfish. It's, it's not. just living your life. And that's a really cool thing. And I never wanted to look back on my single years with regret that I didn't appreciate them because someday I will be partnered. And I want to look back and know that I spent that time as wisely and as fully as I possibly could. So I would say the freedom for sure. There's no, I don't have to run anything by anyone else. It's just complete, complete freedom that I enjoy very, very much. Yeah, and I can definitely agree with that as well. I've always been a very independent person, and I just am that kind of person who's always marched to the beat of her own drum. And obviously, I want to share my life with somebody. I do always like wonder, how am I going to find that balance to still be independent? And I think, you know, for me, getting into a relationship, it's going to be a big adjustment for me, especially when that I'm about to be going on to 11 years of being single and I have told people getting into a relationship is going to be a big deal for me and I want to take my time getting to know somebody. I know a lot of people say like they wanted to find a new relationship after one to three months. Between you and me, I don't think I can do that. I think I need maybe like at least five months and people are saying like, well, you can still get to know somebody by defining the relationship and I said, well, yes, technically you're right. But the reason I want to wait is because to me, it is a commitment, but to me, it's a big deal because I've been single for so long. When I get into my next relationship, I want it to be my last. Like I'm not going to lie, like I am looking for a husband and I need men to know if you're going to date me, you need to be on the same page as me. Like, do you want marriage? Do you want kids? Because that is something that I absolutely want. And I just have to be clear with that. And if that scares a guy saying, oh, I'm not ready for marriage and kids. Oh, she's so desperate. No, I'm not desperate. Like, I don't, I'm not rushing it. Like, there's no rush. But I just want you to know, like, this is what I want for my life. And because I've been single for this long, I want to make sure that you and I are compatible. Is the sex good? That's going to be very important to me. How are you going to handle conflict together? I don't want to get into a relationship if we can't problem solve together like a team. I want to make sure that I really have a good understanding of you. And those are that basically that's like my criteria. Like I'm not really asking for much here when it comes to that. And I just don't think I can get that in one, two, three months. I think maybe in like a three month period, we could like be exclusive, but to actually like define the relationship saying like, oh, we're boyfriend, girlfriend now. I, I want to wait a little bit. I think there could definitely be a time and a place where we can say, okay, hey, like let's date each other and keep going. And then when we're both ready and we've established our boundaries and we know what we want, then we can say like, okay, you're officially my partner. And that's what I want. Yep. You're allowed to want those things. Absolutely. And I just have to tell people that. And 
I'm really not asking for much because like I said, it's going to be a big deal. And especially like the day that I announce that on social media, I know everyone's going to lose their mind and I'll welcome that because trust me, it's, I'm, I'm excited too. Like I'm also going to celebrate that new relationship. Like getting into a new relationship is exciting and it's beautiful, especially if you've never even had a relationship to begin with. I can't imagine how that has to be for people who've never been partnered. It is an exciting, exciting feeling that I cannot wait to re-experience again. Absolutely. So I have one more question for you. I know we've talked a lot about giving advice to people who struggled being with their being in their single status. But what would you say is the biggest, biggest takeaway for somebody who is struggling with their single status? What are, What is the first thing they need to do to get started to become more comfortable with being single? Just simply understanding that being single is not a wrong state of existence. There is nothing in need of repair about you. You are not lacking anything. You are not missing anything. Um, the word single itself is such a negative one, um, but in my opinion, for no reason. There is nothing inherently wrong about being single. I mean, it's the first chapter of my book is called The Wrongness. And it just demolishes the idea that being single is wrong. Because when you start challenging that in your head, you start challenging so many other things too. Just imagine a world where being single wasn't wrong where you didn't have this to-do list item on your life's list and you can't do anything else until you tick off the partner box, you can set yourself free in so many ways when you start understanding that being single itself is not wrong. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I would want anyone listening to understand. Yeah, I'm with you too. And advice that I can give to people is take it one step at a time, especially if you've recently ended a relationship and you're now navigating single life. That can also be a little bit scary because you've ne- you haven't been single for a while. Take it one step at a time. You know, process your emotions. It's okay to be sad at first, right? Because you've been with somebody that you were absolutely in love with, right? Time is truly like the best medicine. I know that sounds so cliche, but process your emotions. Cut off that contact. Stay busy. And then just understand like nothing is wrong with you. I completely agree with you. And just know that like being single is a very positive thing. You are still a valid person. And I know when I mentioned that comment to you about like, you are still a valid adult just because you're not married and you don't have kids. And the reason that I commented that is because I recently watched I Love You Man. And there was a line that really freaking triggered me when Paul Rudd's character to Jason Siegel, when Jason just wanted to hang out with his friend and he goes, All of these friends that you have are married and with kids. Like they grew up and it's like they told him, well, just because he's single doesn't mean like he's mature. And that triggered me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just because you're single, you don't have kids doesn't mean you're not grown up. And I just think people need to realize that. So that was why I had to comment that on to your um, one of your videos. You are a valid adult. You are a valid person. And just because you don't have a certain timeline as everyone else, doesn't mean something's wrong with you. Everyone has their own timeline and just know that the universe has something better in plan for you. Shaney, where can people find you if they wanted to learn more about all your single videos and um, where your social media handles are? I am Shaney Silver at everything, essentially. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Everything is uh, at Shaney Silver and my website is shaneysilver.com. That's where you can find information about my podcast, my book, pretty much everything. Awesome. And what is your podcast called? 
It's called A Single Serving Podcast. Awesome. I will have all of those links to her handles and her podcast and her book if you're interested in listening to her podcast or buying her book in the description down below. And guys, if you ever have like an unapologetic experience that you want to share with me, make sure you email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.